This is the Spirit and Wellness Show. News and information from a higher perspective. With your host, Harry Wilkinson. Hello and welcome to the Spirit and Wellness Show. I'm Harry Wilkinson and this is the show where we take a look at the days and weeks events, happenings in the world, happenings right outside your back door or out in the, uh, the country, the state, wherever, and we take a step back. We look at these stories that we're telling ourselves about ourselves from a higher perspective, a different perspective. Well, I've been doing this show for uh, hmm, quite a few years now. Now, recently have changed platforms, by the way, so uh, thank you, Anchor, for uh, providing a wonderful platform for, for this show. And uh, hopefully we're reaching more people than ever before. However, in general, in this show... Uh, I generally open the show by talking about the kinds of stories we interact with uh, through our ever-proliferating media and forms of communication, whether they be through our cell phones, tablets, 24-hour news sources. Uh, it seems that we are overwhelmed by an abundance of uh, information. Uh, much of which uh, may or may not be worthwhile, uh, quite a good deal of which is meant uh, more to titillate or uh, cause uh, uh, a sense of, um, uh, well, uh, cause a reaction of some kind to get your attention, because that's what the media outlets need to do. Uh, as gatekeepers uh, to a large degree of information uh, they package it they present it in a way that will get the most eyes and or ears and therefore uh, allow them to have a larger audience which allows them to make more money through their advertising uh, and while this may be very good for business, this may not be very good for your health. So in this show, we talk about how do you deal with the uh, what often feels like an overwhelming amount of information coming at you. How do we take the step back and look at what appears to be happening in the world, what appears to be happening outside of you, that affects you and flip that so that we understand that we have a lot more control than, than uh, we give ourselves credit for or, or even perhaps understand. How do we flip that to know that we are actually creating all of this and creating it for a reason? that might not sound uh, feasible to you. And on a certain level, from a certain perspective, from uh, our everyday sort of mundane perspective, uh, that's understandable. Doesn't seem to make sense. Why would we create situations like the one we're in now where there's a pandemic or situations where there are plane crashes or earthquakes or these sorts of things surely we can't be responsible for those and from this perspective it's it's not about responsibility certainly from um, the mundane perspective that we you know uh, participate in every every day uh, we aren't 
but on a higher level and I talk about this as a metaphysician as someone coming from a metaphysical perspective from a higher level the highest level of ourselves we are creating everything we are creating these scenarios that are illusory they appear very real they should otherwise uh, what would uh, what would be the point they need to feel real so that we get the experience we came to get or we created it to get and by going through that experience reconnecting with the truth of who and what we are and when we do that we expand ourselves our ability to be <laughs> or become our expanded selves grows so in this particular time that we are in right now it's kind of hard you know usually I talk about um, not restricting but you know uh, not um, turning away from the stories that we're interacting with but instead going into them and through this process of going into those stories and letting the feelings whatever they may be of discomfort or uh, of, uh, uncertainty or anxiety uh, come up and then reminding yourself of the truth flipping that perspective saying that you've created this illusion this amazing illusion this very realistic virtual reality show and you've created it so that you can have these experiences of understanding of expansion of feeling whatever the situation brings up for you and then reconnecting with the truth seeing how much greater you are than these illusory circumstances uh, that uh, you have been playing in you know it's like a as I mentioned a virtual reality game or if you ever played a game of uh, Dungeons and Dragons or uh, even you know uh, any other kind of board game in which you are playing a role you are a character you have an avatar that has certain defined characteristics you may have strengths in one area, weaknesses in another area. Now this is not true of you, but it's true of the character you're playing, and as you get into the character that you're playing, then that becomes your truth for a while. Because that's the reality of the, of the game that you're playing. And in order to get the full enjoyment of the game that you're playing, you gotta play by the rules even though you know that they're not real they've been created for the um, efficacy and the enjoyment of the game and the experience of the game so that on a smaller level is what's going on here in the case of what is going on today because of this uh, pandemic situation is uh, so uh, widespread so uh, pervasive I'm seeing to take a little different approach 
and that is two step away and it's a very difficult thing to do right now because this is a situation that's ever-changing and there's new information or seems to be new information every day so you want to try to keep up with that but in this case I would say step in the opposite direction in this case I would say the meditation is to let the correct information come to you rather than seeking it out now there may th be things that you need to know of course I'm not saying that but what I'm saying is spending a lot of energy flipping the channels watching everything that you can uh, will uh, probably not help you to use the, the tool that I'm, I'm explaining to you here and this is a wellness tool it's an ability to navigate all of these information all of these uh, uh, situations in a way that's helpful for your heart and your mind and if you will your soul so I think that at this point we can go into the story of the pandemic using this tool without having to expose ourselves more and the reason I'm saying this, and I wouldn't normally say it as I, as I mentioned, is because there is an awful lot of misinformation out there. And because of the intensity of it, uh, this can cause an awful lot of confusion. And it can... Uh, actually stop the process of what we're trying to do which is to go into the story which is to take the energy from it to recognize how we've created it and then turn it on its head to recognize uh, the truth of who and, and, and what we are and what we've created but when you start getting uh, uh, kind of uh, tangled up in details that may or may not be important to know uh, that takes you out of the uh, use of this tool so while we need to know information I think what we can do is use a filter so that the information you need to know comes to you and you can do that by maybe choosing one or two sources that you like or resonate to or that you feel like are trustworthy uh, it could be a website like the CDC website if you're wanting updated information it could be one of the you know one of your favorite uh, uh, news people if you have a news personality you enjoy listening to and and trust and feel uh, that you get you know good uh, information from them you know, stick with that one and just trust and know that the information you need will come to you so we've been doing uh, meditation on corona we've been doing a three-part Corona med meditation and the first part and uh, you know they're all on the podcasts uh, so you can go back and and listen to uh, them again if you missed them or want to uh, remember them they don't necessarily have to be in this order by the way uh, someone was asking me about that the other day uh, they don't have to be in this order at all I broke them down in, into these uh, pieces because I felt like the, these were uh, the most important uh, elements to to hit 
um, starting with uh, part one, which was really about uh, energizing the immune system, getting out of the fight and flight response, and activating the relaxation response, which uh, boosts and energizes the immune system. Very important. If you're dealing with a virus, you need to have your immune system uh, up and running as best as possible. Now, does that mean that you do this uh, energizing of your uh, immune system and then you don't have to, you know, follow doctor's advice or go see a doctor? No, that is not what I'm talking about at all. So please don't uh, misunderstand, <laughs> okay? This is not what I'm saying. Uh, I'm saying the body has amazing healing properties that when they are energized via the relaxation response, they can uh, have an enormous benefit. But no, that does not mean that you can just rely on that and not talk to or visit your doctor or what have you. That's not what that's about. So part one was this uh, re-energizing of the uh, autoimmune system, if you will. Uh, and part two, then, was dealing with the anxieties, the fears, the uh, depression that seems to surround uh, or that uh, seems to uh, be a result of this, this situation and, and uh, dealing with how to uh, allow those feelings, how to have a relationship with those feelings. So that was meditation two. Today we're gonna we're gonna work on meditation three, the third part of this, and the third piece of this. After you've done the uh, energizing of the immune system, after you've uh, found a way to deal with uh, or empowered yourself uh, in dealing with the uh, emotions around this, the third part of this then is to become aware of what this situation offers to you. What is it showing you? What is it helping you to become? And what are the opportunities that it provides? And this may be tricky. This is hard for people to think about when everything is like panic, panic, panic. What's next? What's coming next? But what this is, what this opportunity is, it's a pause for many of us. Now, some of us are working from home. Some of us aren't working. Maybe concerned about paying the bills. Hopefully you're getting some support from uh, the, uh, the, the uh, government uh, programs that have been... Uh, activated. I hope you are. Maybe you're out there working in the world, but the world is a different place, or seems to be a different place. You're uh, one of the uh, uh, essential workers, as they say. But whatever your situation is, This really is a, a pause from the usual routine. And when you have a pause, it's an opportunity to regroup. It's an opportunity to find a new perspective. So one of the things that uh, this pandemic situation and all of the shutdowns and things that have had to happen because of it, one uh, big thing it has done is to shine a light on some very important uh, issues such as our healthcare system, our social support system. Right? So, um, and not to get too political here, I don't mean to do that, but if you think about it, 
and you look at the vast amounts of money that are quickly having to be uh, allocated due to this uh, the situations that we're in and one of the programs one of the government programs I think it was to help uh, small businesses ran out of money and then some people are giving the money back and all of these things are happening we look at the healthcare system and uh, much of this is happening because uh, of the fear of overwhelming the healthcare system people who still aren't covered or can't get to a doctor now uh, because of this they can now you know probably get to a doctor if, if they need to but it has certainly shined a light on a lot of the areas that we might would like to change in the future and this is an opportunity to look at these things think about if instead of having at the last minute to come up with all this money there had been over time consistent support of social safety nets of government agencies that are designed to help with things like a pandemic instead of cutting back funding to a lot of these organizations like the CDC instead of trying to you know, cut funding to international organizations instead of cutting ties to uh, international allies that we uh, used to have if we had continued over time you know over and I'm talking about years now it's been years where uh, a lot of the support a lot of the, the monetary support for the things that we actually need have been eroding and again I'm not going to get too political about that but it's very clear and a situation like this makes it very clear if those things had been in place we wouldn't be kind of running around with our hair on fire uh, trying to move as much money as fast as possible it would be there already and uh, it's likely that this will strengthen some of the support for safety social net programs and for government agencies that we need to help us in these situations uh, you know it's interesting to me this reminds me uh, so much of and uh, you know uh, if you are uh, old enough to remember I'm sure you are uh, back uh, before the 9-11 incident the attacks on the Twin Towers where the planes were flown into the Twin Towers by uh, Al-Qaeda terrorists it reminds me of that time and the years previous to that because there had been so many discussions about this so many warnings about this And it's, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing where, and I'm not criticizing, I'm not criticizing, I'm not laying blame here. I'm kind of showing how this is a very natural uh, human thing to do. 
when you're told something is up, something can happen at any time. You know, you're logically aware of that. But if it's not immediately there, if you're not seeing immediate visceral uh, signs of it, or you're not aware of that, you can easily put it somewhere and ignore it. And I think this is what's happened in this situation. You know, as I mentioned, you know, before uh, the uh, planes hit uh, the Twin Towers, you know, back in the 90s, there had been consistent warnings that uh, there was a terrorist organization, more than one, that was quite interested in uh, launching attacks on this country over and over again. You know, this was heard about on the news, this was discussed, but it was put in a place that was um, almost, uh, you know, intellectual rather than, you know, an actual thing to get um, prepared for. I can remember back in the late 90s uh, on uh, 60 Minutes, the news program on CBS, had an interview with Osama bin Laden from his cave in Afghanistan. Okay? They actually sent, uh, I think, it, I'm not sure if it was Morley Safer or, or Mike Wallace or one of the one of the anchors on that program went to Osama's cave, sat there with a camera crew and a microphone and listened to this man and asked him questions about why he didn't like the United States and so on and so on. And the report showed his organization of uh, al Qaeda, how disciplined they were. This report showed how much money he had with his ties to uh, 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 oil and uh, the oil business, how wealthy he was, and how willing he was to use all of that money to launch a strike on us in uh, something that he clearly uh, was very passionate about, that he believed, uh, you know, he called us uh, the great Satan, and that it was time that the great Satan was taken down. That was basically, I mean, uh, that's not a word-for-word -word quote, but that was the, the basis of it. Um, I mean, the, the whole attitude was, yeah, I'm here, I'm organizing, I got money, I'm coming to get you. And then the next day, everybody went back and did the same thing, right? There was no task force or anything. Uh, I know that, yeah, you know, uh, the... Uh, intelligence organizations are going to keep an eye on this guy. You know, that's that's pretty much all that happened, but they weren't well organized. They weren't ready. There was at that time no homeland uh, 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 department of, uh, of homeland security. So you had intelligence agencies that work for the same government coming up in, with information, but they weren't sharing that information. So they didn't know what was going on. And in many situations, they didn't know how to use it. And it was just something that we kind of put off to the back. Basically tuned out on. Kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We see it, we know it could be a problem. But through, a, you know, a combination of uh, just natural... I mean, that's just the natural way that that people are. And, you know, people make up governments, so that's how governments are. And 
And of course, there's all the you know talk that there was that uh, you know uh, the Bush administration had gotten memos that this was coming and and all of that. And no need to rehash all of that. But it's just very it's very human, is what it is. In the case of the pandemic, this is something that has been said for many, many years. Not if, but when. You know, I was looking at um, uh, films the other day, and there are three, nope, uh, let me just look here, I have three movies that all have the name Contagion in the title. And that their whole title is Contagion. Three movies in the past 25 years all about Contagion. There was a movie called Outbreak. <laughs> Okay, in the 90s. Uh, there was a TV series that didn't use Contagion. It used Containment. But it was about exactly the same thing. You know, we've been telling ourselves this story over and over and over again. But we don't think about it until it actually happens. It's like if you go to the mechanic... To get uh, you know something done at your car, or maybe you get the the car inspected or something like that. And, uh, the mechanic does whatever it is, or maybe it's just an oil change. But the mechanic says, hey, you know, uh, that uh, uh, that tailpipe is going to start opening up uh, at some point, uh, or uh, oh, the 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 timing belt, you know, the timing belt is going to go at some point. Don't need to change it now. But that's coming, right? So what do you do? You say, okay, thanks. I, you know, I don't have the money to spend on that right now. You know, some people do. Some people go ahead and get stuff like that done right away. Some people are really proactive, but most people, not so much. And you may, you know, acknowledge that. Maybe the wise thing to do is, you know, know that it's there. Be prepared for it. Maybe put some money away to make a fund so that when it happens uh, and if, if it's a big expense then you're ready to to pay it you know some people can do that and that's probably a great great thing a lot of people probably not so much right they either forget about it or they, or they you know remind themselves uh, once in a while or even if you're not putting the money away just to sit down and come up with a plan of you know what you're going to do when that happens. How you're going to take care of that? Are you going to wait till the last minute or are you going to change it uh, now? You know, all of those things. But many people don't do that. I mean, it's just very normal kind of human thing to do. And so unfortunately, when it does happen, often we're caught off guard and that's kind of what I think is has gone on here. And being caught off guard, you know, then we start kicking ourselves about what we could have done, what we should have been doing all the time. But it does give you the the shining light to help you look at maybe things you need to change. So that's one of the opportunities this gives us, and then we're going to get into this meditation in just a minute uh, to talk about something or maybe a little deeper uh, in uh, what this offers us. But before I do that, uh, because there's been so much misinformation, I feel like I have to uh, kind of help a little bit. to give you as much direct information as, as I have 
and of course it's changing all the time which doesn't doesn't help us but uh, just to talk about some misinformation and the thing that kind of came forward most for me this week was uh, there's been a lot of talk about this concept of herd immunity in other words, uh, once people start getting uh, the, the COVID uh, virus and they get over it, then they develop an immunity, which um, then stops the spread of the virus, and then everybody has an immunity, so it's not something that we have to work worry about anymore. And um, There's been a lot of talk about how we can get this herd immunity by getting people back out, you know, uh, the way things were and then this herd immunity will sort of develop and uh, I mean this is being talked about by uh, very credible science scientists and doctors uh, you know this concept and a lot of people are starting to you know kind of hold on to that idea and say well you know what good is it to you know stay inside uh, we need to be out so we can develop this herd immunity and um, it turns out that there is no evidence that shows that once you have the coronavirus it prevents another infection from happening in fact there's evidence to the contrary there are people in South Korea who uh, were tested uh, and found to have uh, been over the virus who are now showing symptoms again now testing positive again so the uh, World Health Organization is telling everyone there is not enough evidence about the effectiveness of an antibody mediated immunity that means uh, once you have the illness you develop the antibodies to protect you from it and they're saying there's not enough evidence to guarantee uh, this kind of herd immunity idea there's no evidence yet that people who have had COVID-19 will not get another infection And this comes from uh, Dr. Mary Hayden, uh, Chief of the Division of Infectious Diseases at uh, Rush University Medical Center. Uh, and she says, we do not know whether or not patients who have these antibodies are still at risk of reinfection with COVID-19. The reason they don't know is they haven't had enough testing and they haven't had enough time to put the research together. So at this point, she says, I think we have to assume they could be at risk of reinfection. We don't know, even if the antibodies are protective, what degree of protection they provide. So it could be complete, it could be partial. We don't know how long the antibodies last. But what she does mention is that antibody responses wane over time. So to think that, you know, we can now go back to the way things are were uh, because enough people have had it and will have the uh, herd immunity, there's no proof. So just to alert you to that, uh, that's one uh, interesting bit of misinformation that I found to be concerning. Another one, of course, and I think many of us uh, have heard about this is this idea that uh, I believe our president even talked about that uh, sunlight can uh, destroy the COVID virus exposure to sunlight destroys the virus again this is one of these things that there's no real proof of. Apparently it's true that ultraviolet light can decrease the viability of viruses. 
including this one, on surfaces. But that's on surfaces. It doesn't mean people with COVID-19 who expose themselves to UV light or sunlight will get rid of the infection. Doesn't mean that you're going to walk out of the bright sunshine and your infection will be cured. And on the uh, on their what they call their MythBusters page, the World Health Organization has said exposing yourself to the sun or to temperatures higher than 25 Celsius degrees does not prevent the coronavirus. You can catch COVID-19 no matter how sunny or hot the weather is. Countries with hot weather have reported cases of COVID-19. Well, sunlight has a lot of benefits. It's a great source of vitamin D. And vitamin D can help you or your immune system fight off diseases. But there's not enough research to show that vitamin D has a direct result of reducing the risk of contracting the virus. So you see how misinformation or disinformation can spread when you talk about one aspect of something but you haven't really gotten the whole story? And in the times we are in right now, it seems to me to be a bit um, important to get as much right as we can. Uh, another uh, topic that's come up floating around the news this week was that uh, uh, people with COVID-19 uh, might have neurological uh, events such as strokes. And this is true. About 40% of people with the disease have suffered some brain-related complications. So they are showing a connection between strokes and this virus. So it can activate uh, neurological difficulties. Uh, apparently, from the research I'm looking at, about 6% of those with a serious infection experienced a stroke. About 15% had dementia-like symptoms. Now, some of these symptoms went away. Some of the strokes were minor. But there does seem to be correlation uh, with this. But keep in mind, strokes these days are very treatable if you get yourself to uh, a health clinic or hospital in time, if you start feeling symptoms. All right, so there's that. I feel better getting some of this out in the open well, not out in the open, but uh, exposing some of this. So let's get to our part three corona meditation. So as you may know, if you've been doing meditations with me, on the show, uh, the meditations here are much like mindfulness meditations. We focus on breathing, we focus on awareness and in the case of this meditation we're going to uh, focus on what this situation has or is offering us as I mentioned uh, you know 
for many people, this is a time of uh, a pause. This is a time to uh, get out of the routines we've been in. Whenever we're kind of knocked out of those routines, it shakes us. And we think about things or we put our attention on things that maybe we didn't have time to before. Or maybe we didn't uh, give much credence to before. So that's the theme of our meditation is what this time offers us and what it can help us to become. So just find a place to sit, wherever that may be. Chair, couch, on the floor, the pillow. And we're just going to breathe in through the mouth. Excuse me, in through the nose, out through the mouth. And as we do so, we're going to narrow the eyes a bit, not close them in completely, but just enough so that things are fuzzy, hazy, as we breathe in. And breathe out through the mouth. And you can start to become aware of what is truly around you. Sounds. Smells. Maybe the rain outside, you can hear that. Maybe the hum of an appliance or... The sound of music or voices next door. Become aware of those things, but... Focus on the breathing. as you close your eyes you go back to breathing the way you normally do but now become more conscious of it become more aware notice when the in-breaths come in and the out-breaths go Notice how your body feels and, and what it does on each in-breath and out-breath. And as you focus on your breathing, come up, as they most certainly will, observe them, allow them, don't try to stop them, don't particularly engage them, other than perhaps a nod or a thank you. But notice them. Whatever they may be and notate whether it's a feeling whether it was a thought 
language, whatever it is, just notice it and note it. Oh, there's that feeling I had. Or, oh, I'm thinking about that. That's a thought. Oh, that's an image that just came to mind. Just note it. Let it go. And as we take this pause in meditation, imagine that is taking this pause with you. And in this pause, as things perhaps go by you, rise up, go by, in this time of pause, bring to mind our interconnectedness. Imagine, if you will, how interconnected we are. Not in physical things, in some ways. How we're connected by things we share. How we are connected by our uh, technology. How the internet brings us together as... one in many ways. But try to bring to mind this interconnectedness on a higher level, if you can. An entire planet interconnection on a web a web of our interconnectedness which is accurately reflected on a lower level by the world wide web but which is something that is much further beyond that. And in this interconnectedness, is the pause. And in this pause, is potential. Infinite potential. It's here in this silence it's here in this place where we create. Where we feel the energy of unlimited potential.
recreate. Bring to mind the things that, using this pause, using this energy, you might want to create in the world. To help, perhaps to heal, or even just to grow, to experience. What opportunities present themselves? What opportunities for connections with your family, with your friends? Does this offer? What attitudes and approaches and thoughts does this give you the opportunity to look at again? Maybe change. Maybe take a new look or perspective. This is a blessed opportunity, for lack of a better word. This is a moment we have together. Connected and creative in our own way. And we create from a sense of abundance, not from fear and not from lack and not from worry. knowing that through this energy we are putting out all will be taken care of as it needs to be and the more we come here the more confidence in this we will begin to have and the more we'll see it in our mundane world. So keep your focus on your breathing. If the mind wanders, just bring it gently back. And now for a moment, just let your mind wander anywhere it wants to go. you're ready, bring it back to your breathing. Focus on your out breath. You might want to count each one as gently 
you begin to feel yourself back wherever you are in the room feel the connecting points be feet on the floor maybe back on the backrest maybe buttocks on the floor palms on knees whatever it may be begin to become aware of that and aware of your surroundings and when you're ready open your eyes and bring yourself back notice how you feel are you energized are you sleepy are you aware are you inspired are you not feeling anything whatever it is it's okay you may very well look back on this or feel things later so no judgment on that and that's our third coronavirus meditation so as I've said you can go back to the other uh, podcast the other two you can do them again if you want you can mix them up they don't have to be in in the order that I that I mentioned it just seemed to me like the first part about uh, you know dealing with immunity was probably the most important and then uh, moving on to the uh, feelings of anxiety and then uh, on the potential of this moment so that we don't miss that, that we become aware of what this offers us you know, it's amazing. We talked last week about how uh, one of the things that this offers us, uh, since uh, a lot of production and driving has stopped, we're seeing uh, an incredible increase in uh, the, uh, or improvement in the health of our air and a, a drop in air pollution. This is giving us an opportunity to look at what we're doing environmentally and how it would affect us if we stopped one more thing to think about so before we go since a lot of people aren't home a lot of the concern is uh, or has been about uh, you know you get bored you're staying at home and you start eating and you start putting on weight. And uh, I'm afraid that's going to be probably uh, a temptation that you'll have to deal with. Uh, but in thinking about that, let's think about uh, some kinds of foods we can eat that may give us a feeling of fullness so we won't be as tempted to to snack on things we shouldn't snack on and you know what I mean we're talking about processed sugar things we're talking about processed foods because we can't get to the grocery store we may have a lot of stuff that um, isn't exactly what you might want to eat uh, normally to keep yourself healthy So some things that help you, that uh, can help uh, to give you a satisfied feeling. You could try steel-cut oats. They're a good source of fiber. They gave, they really fill you up, make you feeling satisfied. You might want to make some up with uh, apples and cinnamon. Quinona also. This is an alternative to white rice. 
and you can uh, cook it up in a lot of different ways. These are things I don't think you'll uh, find that your grocery store has run out of. I don't think um, these aren't things that would be uh, something that would be a run-on. And if you're like me and you're not much of a fan of oatmeal, and not so much of rice either, uh, buckwheat pasta is also very satisfying. And it helps you to eat less. You can try soba noodles. Now, I know that in the grocery stores there's been a lot of run on pasta, but uh, not buckwheat pasta. Not uh, not things like that. You know, the regular white flour pasta that everybody's used to, yeah. But if you look uh, a little further down some of those empty aisles, you'll probably find uh, some boxes of uh, buckwheat pasta. And that can be very helpful. olive oil. Uh, now, you may find there's, uh, you know, uh, some lack of, of olive oil uh, product available in, in the grocery stores for a while, but they seem to be stocking the shelves as much as they can, so keep trying. I've seen a lot of avocados around. I've seen the, unfortunately, the, the cost go up on them, which is not great, but um, avocados are amazing. I mean, they're just amazing. There's so many things you can do with them. Uh, in salads, you know, a lot of people like avocado toasts, and they're very filling. And uh, if you have a concern about uh, 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 diabetes, uh, they help uh, to keep insulin low and steady. And even if you don't have a concern about diabetes, uh, diabetes, low and steady insulin is really helpful in uh, storing uh, fat in cells, and it's helpful in, uh, in keeping your weight healthy. So, those are some alternatives you might think about, and apples, by the way. Apples really fill you up very well. They have antioxidants. You could uh, put a little peanut butter on them, if you like. Those are tasty kind of snacks that can fill you up and not have you going back and forth uh, to the kitchen trying to find something to, to fill you up. So... Until next time, stay well, stay happy, stay healthy, and tune in next week. Please, love to hear from you.